Welcome to episode two of this brand new season six of Gather Influence podcast, where we're talking all things voices, all things the female voice and how we are seeing the female voice raised and released across this nation and beyond. My name is Vanessa Hoyes. I live in Montreal, Quebec, and alongside Kathia Stopchuk, our lead catalyst and founder of Gather Women, we host this season with you and who you get to hear from this season are actual incredible women who invested in their own voice formation as they joined our Gather Voices coaching cohort. You're going to love as you hear from a multitude of them and today We get some of our incredible girls that are both in the cohort and have also interned with Gather Women. Today, you're going to hear from Joyce and Gabrielle. And Joyce freelances photography and illustration and has a passion for the circular economy, service design and design thinking. She is a local church girl. I love her. She's been raised up in the local church as a key leader and she trains ministry leaders and develops them for their acts of service in the church. She's also a worship leader in her local church as well. She's often found facilitating and consulting in roles that bring people and research and thoughts together. And she has brought such a beautiful, strong and clear dynamic to our internship team and has stayed on carrying in various roles in our Gather leadership team. And we loved Joyce and we're so grateful for her contribution and even discovering her voice, again, already loud and clear in her leadership space, but watching her growth and watching her develop and form even stronger voice clarification in this last season has been such a joy for Kathy and I. She works closely with Rebecca and Stacy and more on our exec team as well. And, and you're going to see much more of Joyce in the future days, I believe, as a key stakeholder in the vision unfolding for the local church and the kingdom across Canada. And she interviews her friend. They both came together into the space of Gather over the last year. And her name is Gabrielle. And she signed up to intern just before she was getting married and I love this just high capacity girl as well and she is a BCom graduate and a specialist in management and she's Canadian by status but Singaporean at heart and we love her so deeply she's passionate about empowering younger women and reaching out to those struggling to identify their home She hopes to guide people on this journey with personal experience and knowledge and hours of chatting and connection. And when you get to know Gabrielle, as you'll hear her heart and her voice on this podcast, and when you get to know more of her story throughout Gather Women, elevating voices like hers in this nation, you are going to find that place to actually not just help identify where home is but you actually feel at home with Gabrielle and so Joyce and Gabrielle today are having a really profound conversation around being wholly content and that conversation in their generation is a really really key one and Christians are often told to be content and 
grateful for what we all have. But the reality is life happens and particularly their generation of girls and many of our audience who are listening are exposed to a world where you are marketed to by what you are discontent in. And sometimes we find ourselves longing for more or better or we compare or control. And they really speak into these desires that are not always bad, but careful that it doesn't form our attitude towards God or relationship with him and others. And so they really discuss the secret of um, being content and where the lies need to stop and what it means to give thanks. And this is a discipline and a practice that I love you here. These girls are practicing. And so this is a complex topic and one that relates to all of us in all different seasons, generations, but these girls are speaking directly to a now generation that experiences this day by day by day. And so why don't you join us for the conversation with Joyce and Gabrielle on being wholly content. Hey everyone, my name is Joyce. And though I'm usually located in Toronto, Ontario, most of the year for work, I'm currently speaking from my hometown, Coquitlam, Vancouver. I've had the privilege of being coached, equipped and empowered through the Gather Voices coaching cohort with 19 other women this past year. It is so good to be here with you today. And I'm really excited for this upcoming conversation with a close friend of mine, Gabrielle. Hi everyone, I'm Gabrielle and I live in Toronto with my husband and our cat. Together with Joyce, I was an intern with Gather Woman in 2021, and it was such a blessing to work with and be poured into by amazing women. I'm happy to be joining Joyce here today. Fun fact, guys, we actually used to live together for about two and a half years before she got married. During our roomy days, since we were both, you know, in our latter years of university, we watched each other go through some big life decisions and transitions, which provoked many important conversations like this one today. So with that being said, let's jump right in. Today, we're going to get down, real, and raw about what it means to be content in every season. Because we are human, there are many factors in our lives that turn our heads and steer our eyes to admire the lawn on the other side of the fence. Yeah, things like materialistic goods that everyone else has, earning a certain income, having a mortgage, having smart, Jesus-loving kids, getting promoted at your workplace, being in a relationship, or getting that summer bod. <laughs> Oof, that last one hits true. And when you list it out like that, Gabrielle, it sounds very cliche and cheesy, but honestly, these are real desires. And let's acknowledge this right now too. There's nothing inherently wrong with wanting more or better, but it's when we continually compare ourselves with how others are more or better, that's when we start becoming deeply dissatisfied with who we are and where we're at. That's right. Comparison can lead to some dark spirals where the person we're comparing ourselves to becomes a standard we feel the need to reach or even exceed. And when we don't hit that, we feel like we're at a lack of or not good enough to reach it. Yeah, actually, I quite resonate with that part about exceeding the standard. I'm not sure when it started exactly, but honestly speaking, wanting to look or be successful in the eyes of the world, my family and my peers has been a huge underlying theme of me being discontent with where I am at life. The desire to be successful seeps into everything from the work I do to my relationships with others, evolving into perfectionism. Hmm. What do you mean? 
Well, because I feel like to be successful as the world sees it, it requires a certain standard of excellence I'm constantly striving to attain. Let me give you an example. In university, my biggest insecurity was not being skilled enough compared to my classmates. I didn't go to like a specialized art high school, nor did I like hone my portfolio for years beforehand. I actually wanted to go into science. So I spent the next few years in university playing catch up, stuck in this vicious cycle of striving, burning out, breaking down, repeat. I wanted to show others I could do it. I wanted to prove them wrong. And quite a while to finally realize actually how unhealthy this was. My toxic motivations had me staring at my weaknesses and neglecting my strengths. The gifts God has uniquely and graciously instilled in me until I was able to accept the way that God created me and the unique journey he's been guiding me through these years, was I able to be fully content with where I was. Yeah, I often find that perfectionism clouds our view of our true selves, as it stems from us comparing ourselves to others, like you mentioned, or even from us comparing ourselves to the ideal version of ourselves. Perfectionism drives us to always want more and to never be content with who we are. No matter how much we do, it never seems to be enough. So we keep changing the ideal version of ourselves, making it impossible to attain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it runs even deeper than self to self, but our relationship with God, more particularly our attitudes when approaching God. I'm saying like a spectrum here. So like on one end, we approach God feeling entitled to receive something when we pray. We continually ask for a certain thing, our eyes fixed on obtaining that without much appreciation of who he is. Yeah, I've heard of this analogy where we kind of treat God like a genie or a hotline, only approaching him when there's something we want. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And on the other hand of the spectrum, we feel bad for wanting more because we should be grateful for what God has already given us. And we almost become afraid or even ashamed to ask for more. We ask questions like, you know, is it okay to ask for more? How much more can we ask for? Is it selfish or greedy to want these things? And the best one yet, I haven't had devotions at all this week. So therefore I am a bad Christian and I don't deserve to ask God for what I want. <laughs> I think especially in our Chinese culture, we struggle a lot with this. We've been taught to work hard, that good things don't just come to us. And the intentions behind this teaching is for us to never take things for granted and to work hard in life. But when approaching God, we don't have to think that way. We can trust that he is our loving father who gives freely and wants us to approach him. We don't have to feel ashamed before him. We don't have to strive to be a good enough Christian before we can seek him or ask him for things in our hearts. Mm-hmm. What about you, Gabrielle? You're in a different life stage than me, being married and thinking about a future family. Where do you see the struggle between being content and discontent in your life? Well, I think one thing I realized when I entered this life stage of being married and preparing to start a family is that there is so much planning involved. And for me, it's easy to feel discontent when my plans don't turn out the way I want, probably because of my personality and how much I desire to be in control of my life. And as you mentioned earlier, often we're aiming for good things, like a better job, a new house, a family. And when we've poured so much effort, time, and energy into achieving something that we think is good, and that is often considered a blessing from God, it can be disappointing when things don't work out the way we want, or how we think it should, because we've put in so much effort. So when I see people around me achieving their goals and plans when I haven't, 
that is when I start to feel discontent. Mm -hmm. And especially throughout the pandemic, I've seen myself feel discontent in so many ways, big and small. When I was planning my wedding last year, my plans changed so much according to the COVID restrictions. I thought we were definitely having a 10-person ceremony, but suddenly the restrictions loosened and we were able to have 40 people, which was a huge blessing. But even after feeling happy that things worked out better than I thought it would, I started to feel discontent when I imagined going to future weddings after the pandemic, watching people have what I dreamed of. Even just by comparing my own situation to an imagined one, I create a discontentment in my heart. Mm. So what you're saying is that there is no direct external factor causing you to be discontent. You create it yourself. Yeah. And if I'm able to create discontentment in my heart, I think that means I can also create contentment in my heart. Mm -hmm. Something that could be manifested. And I see it as a discipline that can be trained in our lives. Something that we can get better at if we practice it more. Gratitude works hand in hand with being content. So a good way to discipline ourselves in being content is to practice gratitude. And one way to do this is by taking a few breaks throughout the day to intentionally remember the faithfulness and goodness of God in your life. Mm-hmm. Or even reflect on how he's been good to you today at the end of your day. Actually, one format of prayer I often used is acts. A for adoration, C for confession, T for Thanksgiving, and S for supplication, which means your prayer request, whether it be for yourself or others. And actually, one of the verses coming to mind when I share this is Philippians 4, 6, where Paul teaches us to bring every situation to God in prayer and petition, but for thanksgiving. Yeah, and I think through everything we've mentioned today, we want to leave everyone with this thought, that being content involves trusting God in all circumstances. Obviously, easier said than done. And because, Gabrielle, you know how I like to look at things in a holistic manner, I think being fully, wholly content means being content about your past, your present, and the future. Being content about your past looks like reconciling with your past, forgiving people who have wronged you, and trusting that what has happened in your life so far can and will be used for God's glory. Being content with the present means you're satisfied with who you are and where you're at, and working hand in hand with God towards where you want to be in the future which means that being content about your future looks like trusting God that wherever he guides you with your hopes, dreams, and desires in mind, he will guide you to what's best for you in his timing for his will and for his glory. Wow. I really like how you explain that. I feel like I'm preaching to myself right now. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me today, girl. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great conversation. Yes, and I hope it can be one that continues to happen outside of this podcast to remind ourselves to be content in every season. Okay, so didn't you just find that conversation so profound? Two girls living in this generation, leading in this generation, loving in this generation, learning and teaching us at the same time these practices and disciplines that allow them to live content And so thank you girls for your voices, for all the way you've served and carried and grown in leadership capacity with our Gather interns and then for joining the cohort, the coaching cohort, Gather Voices. And as we take a moment before I introduce you to Caitlin, one of our founding interns actually here at Gather, 
and a great advocate and champion of what God is doing in and through Gather. Before I introduce her more formally, what I love about Joyce and Gabrielle's conversation that we just heard is these moments where they are not just sharing about what it means to be content, but you're hearing in them a voice that has formed strong and a voice that has formed clear. And yes, they are close friends and you can feel that chemistry. But some of you are going to be listening to this season's and the episodes throughout this season. And you're going to feel this nudge and this invitation yourself to form more of your voice or clarify more of your message. And it may not be with the goal and sole purpose of being on a podcast, but what the Lord is stirring in you is to form your voice and your story and to be having conversations that are actually going to make a difference in other people's lives, your own personal platforms, those day-to-day, face-to-face, friendship-to-friendship conversations, or some of those opportunities may open where the platform enlarges. And we just believe it's a season where God is asking his girls to be prepared. And so consider that invitation for Gather Voices as we are so excited in our launch of our second cohort of girls. We're going to launch in June. Think about that for your own life. Think about whether you can show up with us for six months and we can continue to pour into you a a clarity and some tools that will allow you to form a voice and clarify a message and growing competence and growing confidence. You are joined by many, many globally known and recognized guest coaches. You're also joined by a cohort of women, not only from Canada, but we've opened it up in this coming season to people from all over the world where the time zone works in their favor. And we are so excited about being part of the story of God raising and releasing you and your voice and the voice of the female church into many spheres of society. So consider that and pray over that. And now we get to hear from an incredible cohort member. But more than that, Caitlin's hand was the first hand up when we piloted our Gather Internship Program, a local girl to Ontario and and a friend to Kathy, our lead catalyst. But at the same time, her yes just continued to open a doorway for the way we've been able to grow a team here at Gather Women across our nation. And we will be forever grateful for her yes. She was in university and she said yes to interning. And then she carried so much leadership in the year of 2020, even through pandemic and all that we were doing. She was just incredible. We'll be forever grateful for her. You're going to hear from Caitlin today on something she's titled Raising and Releasing the Next Generation. And she has a conversation about supporting the next generation of girls as they develop their faith and cultural norms shift around mental health and rest and acceptance and leaders that are developing a part of their faith that need the support of others around them. They look at justice and mercy and a a cancel culture. You're going to hear today an interview with Hannah Hansen 
who is the director of team development and girls camp director at an incredible summer camp in Ontario. And she's originally from Scotland and she now lives in Hamilton with her husband, Noah. She's passionate about sharing the love of Jesus and she believes everyone is called to love and lead and live from a place of transformation. And this conversation between her and Caitlin is a really profound conversation because she's on the ground with a generation of girls, many of you listening today, where I think they're going to really speak into your reality, or if you are a mom of teenagers or young adult females in your world, you're going to find this conversation really profound as well. But again, beyond listening to the content of this conversation, just notice the way God is using this generation of girls and their voice as well. And Caitlin is such a beautiful ambassador and representative of all that Gather intends to do in our nation, which is to raise and release all that is within these girls for kingdom come. So take a listen now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Gather Influence podcast. I'm your host, Kate Tabbitt, and I'm so excited to have our guest, Hannah Hansen, with us today. Hannah is the director of team development and also the girls camp director at Camp Minioe in Huntsville, Ontario. She's originally from Scotland and now has settled in Hamilton with her husband, Noah. Hannah is passionate about sharing the love of Jesus through hospitality and nature. And I'm really excited to jump into this conversation with her today about how do we support the next and the now generation of women. So Hannah, in your position working with a camp, um, you work closely with 16 to 22 year old girls. What do you see are some of their strengths and what are some of their weaknesses and how are they learning to live out their faith? Yeah, that's a great question, Kate. Um, I think the first thing I would say, I've seen a radical shift even since I was 16. So even 10 years ago, I think there's been a radical shift in the cultural norms and acceptance around mental health and asking for help. I think when I was younger, it was kind of a taboo topic. But now I think it's flipped to be a strength with our young leaders where they see that rest and support are a right and not just a craving, that it's it's not a weakness to need a break or to take care of yourself. And I see that young people are sharing quickly and openly about their struggles and how their faith plays into it. There's like a peer level prayer and support everywhere because they're open and vulnerable with each other. There's not that same can we talk about this? Can I really share how I'm really doing? It's much more direct, which I think is a huge strength. I think, you know, it's a generation who are wanting and living authentic leadership. They, they are normalizing knowing your limits and having limits and promoting openness in conversations, moving away from that fake it till you make it, which is what I grew up with, where no one really had confidence in what they were doing and they lied about it until they figured it out. And so I think, the real spiritual value of rest, um, you know, pouring into others from a place of knowing the father themselves. I think that is something I see a lot in this now and next generation where they really are respecting each other's boundaries and limits and prioritizing that rest. But I think we're not quite there yet. I think it's also a weakness as well as a strength just because the system itself, the culture we're in is still pretty broken. It's still pretty burnout set up. You have, you know, that 
cultural moment that we live in being all about work and school and the right job and the right university and the push right from like two years old you're asked who do you want to be when you grow up it's never what do you want to do it's who do you want to be and so your identity is flipped and pushed into what you do for a living and so there's this high pressure and high demand and high expectation that young people are living in every day and feeling that everyone is watching you and what you do with your life really matters and so I think when you place young leaders who are aware of how unsustainable that is and who really want more, who want to make space for Jesus and to rest, that's a real battle when you're pushing against a culture that is high pressure and pace. And, you know, I think the biggest thing I hear from leaders when they say the area they want to grow in is being able to say no because they don't want to let people down. There's this constant pressure and expectation from our culture that if you say no, then you're letting someone down, that you're not good enough, that you don't work hard enough, that there's someone who will do that and will replace you. And so there's this demand and strength to be real with each other and to prioritize rest at the peer level. But I think in the culture we're in, that's still a battle for them. And so while they know that a healthy leader is a good leader, and following Jesus' model of leading from rest, not resting from leading. They know that and they want to do that. But I do see in them this continuous struggle and battle that's exhausting in itself for the culture that we live in, right? It's like, go, go, go. And you're saying, whoa, I need to stop. Like, that's a, a contrast. So I think that's both a strength and a weakness. I think that high pace that we live in and then also the slowing down that Jesus calls us into that they're desperately trying to find but they just kind of rub against each other in the yeah. wrong way. I love that. I love leading from rest. Like we actually just need to take a minute and rest fully. And for some people that happened in the pandemic and for some people that mm-hmm. was like not even an option during the pandemic. And so, yeah, I'm so intrigued to see how this next generation of leaders rises up into positions of leadership in organizations or after university and we see this shift happen. That's going to be magical. Yes. yes, I think so, because they are then stepping in knowing their own limits and knowing that that's important for the people they're leading to. And so there will be a shift, I think, like you're saying, when they step up and take over these spots, that rest is prioritized. When you look at Jesus, you see him going away to pray for hours on his own. Like that's literally how he spent all of his free time was going to spend time with his father alone. and coming out of that place was led to serve and led to lead it wasn't that he rested from things but he led from his rest right that's so good and then I think the second thing uh that really comes to mind with that question I think there's been a huge shift again in inclusivity and in social justice within this generation of people I think We are in a culture and a time where being welcoming and accepting of everyone is just expected. Like no matter what background or race or religion or whatever makes someone different to who you are, it's just an expectation now, which is a good thing that, you know, we love and accept everybody, which is what Jesus calls us to do is to show love and true hospitality to people who are on the edge of society. We constantly see him going off and spending time with people on the edge of society. And so, I see this generation as one who treat others with dignity and respect and acceptance. And I think Jesus loves that. Like, I think that's great. 
um, moving away from stereotypes and judgments of the past that created big divides amongst communities. I think we are shifting. We see that in students and all the, you know, the marches and the protests and everything they're doing. There's this big movement for social justice that's taken place over the past few years where people really are stepping out and speaking up for those whose voices aren't being heard. And I think that is what we're called to do as, as followers of Jesus. So I think that real change for, or the desire for change and equality across the board for rights and for respect to be given for everybody. I think that is following the calling of, of justice and mercy. And I think it's quite humbling to see young people gather in literal thousands to demand that people are treated with love and respect. Like, I think that's a huge strength of this generation. But then again, I think on the flip side, we also have that cancel culture that we're part of. And so you have people, often celebrities or politicians who are canceled or like written off because they've made a bad decision or something truly awful has been revealed about them. And while I think the heart behind canceling people or writing them off is a good place, following that social justice push it just leaves zero room for forgiveness or for mercy or for making mistakes and we all do that and so immediately turning on someone once they've been exposed to be doing something wrong I don't think that's the way of Jesus I think calling them out yes holding people accountable yes but throwing them away just because you know of a mistake or a bad thing that's come out I don't think that is the way of Jesus and so I think while there's this strive for social justice and for equality across the board, it kind of creates this fear culture when you have this cancel thing going on because people are afraid to say the wrong thing or to seem unloving. And so they don't want that to happen to them, right? And so young followers of Jesus, they're afraid often to say the wrong thing or to say anything at all in case they are canceled because they are not part of this big justice movement that is the thing now. And so if you're seen to be outside of that in any capacity, you'll be canceled. And so there is this fear of that that's within young people and it leads to a weaker witness. It leads to more diluted living out of the faith, which just goes against what we're called to do. Like in Romans, Paul literally tells us, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Because we're, we're called and it's clear that it's important to love God and love others, not just go with the flow. And so I think while this push for inclusivity and social justice is a huge strength, and you see it, young leaders all the time are fighting for each other's voices and rights, and it's so important and good. But it also leaves this fear that if you say the wrong thing or don't do the right thing or push and it shouldn't be pushed, you'll be written off and cancelled. There isn't space for forgiveness. There isn't space to stand out as a follower of Jesus against the flow or, you know, a voice that contradicts what the masses are seeing because there's this big thing looming over you that people will write you off and that leads to a lot of, a lot of insecurity and then the struggle of living out your faith. Right. Yeah, so true. So knowing all of this, how can we as the women, the sisterhood in Canada, support the growth and development of the faith of our next generation? I love this question because I have a really clear answer and a call to everyone who's listening. Um, what you can do, the most helpful thing you can do is mentor somebody. And so if you know anybody, any young woman, any young leader in your life 
reach out to them and just ask them to go for coffee because we're living in a world that is shouting for their attention, labeling them with every kind of label under the sun, trying to buy our time. They're desperate for truth. They're desperate for wisdom. They're desperate to be poured into. So if you know anybody who is leading in some capacity or is just a young woman in general going through life, reach out and ask them if they want to go for coffee. Give them space to just be heard, to share, to receive prayer and guidance, because it will show them that they are seen and supported and cared for, as well as that they are receiving because of all the giving they do. And also they'll have someone to share struggles with as a source of biblical grounding and advice. You have tons of experience from your own relationship with Jesus in your own life that you can share with them. And I guarantee it will make a difference. It could be literally monthly or bi-weekly or weekly, whatever works. But if you know anybody, that would be my big encouragement would be to just reach out and ask them for a coffee and see where it goes. That's so good. Yeah, mentorship is huge. Um, so yeah, thank you, Hannah, for being on the podcast. I'm sure our listeners learned so much. I know I did. And yeah, we'll connect again soon. Thank you for having me. So there you go to our listeners all over the world and particularly those who are championing what God is doing here in Canada. Listen to these girls, to Gabrielle, to Joyce and to Caitlin and Hannah. Profound conversations, real conversations and conversations that I pray would bless you today. But beyond, as I've been saying, beyond the conversations, would you be listening yourself to the Holy Spirit as, as he really prompts you about this next season of voice formation for you? Where would God be calling you? How would God be calling you? Who is God calling you to? And who is the Lord calling alongside you to champion that voice within you? If here at Gather Women, the Gather Voices coaching cohort would be that next step for you, it would be our incredible honor to explore that opportunity with you. It launches in June. Our wait list is open. Our applications are coming in. Interviews are happening. And it would be a joy to get to know you and know what is on you and within you so that we could come alongside you in this season. Because right now, for such a time as this, the way the Lord would be elevating the female voice in this nation and the nations of the earth is crucial to kingdom come. So consider that, pray into that. Ask us any questions, shoot Kathy or I DMs, follow us on Instagram, follow Gather Women. Uh, you can email Gather Women with any questions about that. We'd love to serve you and serve your voice and serve the kingdom by raising and releasing your voice in those ways. We love you girls.